0: in the middle, and what a finish that is! Mason Mounts! That
1: is extraordinary from Fikayo to Mori! Loses Callum Hudson, and oh, there it is! His first goal for Chelsea, the teenager,
0: a moment he will remember. Hello and welcome back to the Chelsea Sport Podcast. I'm Orlando, I am once again joined by Danny. Thanks for thanks joining for, me. Yes,
1: there. thanks for having me, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, good to good to have you on again. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, we are recording the morning after Chelsea have just beaten Norwich one 0 at home. So we're gonna give a reaction to that. Um, we're also gonna answer some listener questions that we asked for on our Twitter last night. Um, so we got a few of those, some really nice questions. Actually, well, maybe not so nice for us answering <laughs> them. They're tricky ones. Uh, but we'll get we'll get to that later and then we're also going to have a look at kind of the rest of the season and how we think that might pan out for Chelsea because there's only kind of three, four, five games left. Uh, so it, it really is coming to an end now. Um, let's get straight into it, really. Um, what do you think, Danny? How, how did the game go against Norwich?
1: Yeah, well, it was a frustrating one, wasn't it? Uh, going into it, we were both confident. I asked you for your score prediction and you said, 4-0. Yeah,
0: thinking. it might have been a bit, a bit over-optimistic.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I also thought a big win. I thought 3-0 might have been on the cards. And we quickly saw the pattern of the game. Norwich was sitting deep uh, and they had that uh, Dermic up front, very isolated. Uh, and it was just frustrating. It was once again Chelsea versus an extremely low block, albeit one that's would you would have thought being demoralised given they'd just been relegated from the Premier League um, but at the end of the day a win's a win it's scoreboard pressure or or table pressure on United and Leicester to now go out and, and win their games uh, and at this stage of the season you need to grind out results however however ugly but I think definite room for improvement and I think a lot of that can be changed by altering the personnel in the middle of the park
0: Oh uh- alright Right, you're taking shots at a, a few players that will that slightly later. But I just want to say, I made the prediction of 4-0. I think if Giroud had his finishing boots on, it would have been 4-0. And yeah. I, so many people on Twitter saying, you know, that was a ball fest, that was rubbish, why are we so bad? I'm sorry, but I think we had an XG of over three Um we created loads of chances i just wanted to kind of pose the question did we struggle or did we just not finish our chances well um well i've already kind of given my answer we i i think we didn't struggle at all we dominated the game i don't think they had a single shot on target maybe they didn't even have a shot um so I don't think we struggled at all and I think people were very much overreacting just because, you know, we had to shield the ball in the corner for the end or whatever, but that's just good game management. I, I have no no worries about that. I'm, I'm not annoyed at that at all.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think fans are being very reactive just because you see United dumping, what, six past every relegation threat inside they face, but I thought we were we were solid. and we They conceded two
0: to Bournemouth, though. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we kept a clean sheet. They didn't have a shot on target, which is good because if they did, it probably would have gone in <laughs> with and goal. But um they had next year 0.06, which is wow. insanely low. I don't even know how you can get that. But however they've managed it, they've managed it. But I thought we managed it well. And like you said, we didn't struggle because we, if Giroud scored... Uh, maybe another two of the openings he had, and Pulisic obviously hit the bar as well. Um, oh, yeah. Has
0: been nearly of, scored, yeah, Alonso. Yeah, beautiful shot. Uh,
1: Alonso's getting all kinds
0: of room down the
1: left. Yeah, he, this, he did
0: well. I think he did, he did really, really well. well. His first touch uh, was very, very consistent. And yeah. what I like about him, he, he doesn't always do this, but to be fair, he was really good today in the respect that with his first touch, he always looked to kind of move the ball with his first touch not just kind of using the first touch to control but when the ball was kind of making its way to him he was thinking how can I use my first touch to move it in a certain direction backwards or forwards to the side whatever Uh, so I really like that and I think that might be. um, Under instruction from Frank Lampard who has been quite critical of how he don't move the ball quick enough against low blocks and I think to some degree we didn't move the ball quick enough you took a few shots at, uh, at our midfield players and I'm I'm going to do the same I I know this is a bit brutal because he didn't have the worst game but for me Jorginho just brings the tempo of the game down so much when we when we're in possession People say he dictates the tempo. Maybe he dictates it to be at 0.01 miles an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Like, uh, it doesn't make any sense. And he was kind of dropping in between the centre-backs to play pointless five-yarders, not really looking for that many forward passes. And I just feel like we could have afforded to take him off and brought on either another attacking midfielder or even Tammy Abraham, another striker, and it really wouldn't have impacted anything. And I think actually we were so ball dominant that we probably could have taken off a centre-back and brought brought on a strike and it wouldn't have made much difference.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think the same reason why uh, Jorginho had such a big impact on that Crystal Palace game when he came off the bench is why he struggles in games like these. Because He came on against Palace, we needed someone to steady the ship and credit to him. He did that, but he did that by playing nothing balls to the side. He dictates the tempo. So
0: I'm all for it in the last 10 minutes of the game because, you know, he he, he played first-time balls. He didn't think about uh, taking a touch. He knew what he was going to do, and, and to be fair to him, he did, he did well in that. But when you're doing that for 90 minutes, you're just not really going to um, kind of stretch teams, I guess. Yeah,
1: and I, I found some interesting statistics on the game. So Jorginho took uh made ninety eight passes at over ninety percent completion rate, which is on the surface impressive. But when you look at his chance creation, he had zero key passes, whereas yeah. Pilaqueta managed four key passes from fewer attempted passes. So clearly there's a difference between uh playing it sideways, playing it backwards and and trying to make things happen. And I think that's what's lacking from Jorginho's game.
0: This is the exact kind of game, like like against Watford, when you need passes in between the lines. To be fair, our two best players in that respect are probably Mason Mount and Ross Barkley, who we weren't, or, well, didn't play from the start. But we saw you know, Giroud's, Giroud's goal against Watford, I think it was the first one, um, when Mason Mount really... Um, hard, hard pass between between the lines. Great first touch from Barkley and just played Giroud in and a nice finish. So that's how you score against low block teams, really. You play risky passes, high risk high rewards um, at high pace. And that's just something I'd never see Jorginho doing. And to, a, to, a, to an extent, not as much as Jorginho, but I think also Kovacic is a bit ineffective in games like this. And I'd much rather... Uh, what, having said that, Ruben didn't do much either. But Ruben has just been out for 13 months. So yeah. I don't think he can say much.
1: I thought Kovacic, actually. I know not every Chelsea fan is usually impressed with his output or, or what he does. But I thought last night he was a bright spark, especially in the first half. Because when everyone else is just lacking that energy, he's pressing, he's nipping away, he's winning balls. And and at least he drives us forward, even if his pass at the end of it isn't great. He just injects a bit of energy when everything else was a bit flat. Obviously, there are tired legs out there, and he hasn't played much as much as he as he usually would recently. But I just think he offers something unpredictable, as you said, especially against. Uh, uh, well, you might not have said it today, but we said in the past that he is Mr. Press Resistant. Like he is especially good when and he's got three men uh, coming out and trying to dispossess him, and he can get past them and and break the press.
0: You know what, I think that's a good point, and I think you're right in the fact that it's a really good attribute to have that he kind of drives the team forward and stuff. But in games like this, it's not what you need, and I feel like we're a bit fooled as Chelsea fans by the fact that he is one of the best middle third players in the world, but not that good in either other two thirds and I feel especially like games in the uh, sorry especially in games like this you need as many final third players as possible really and I think that's why we're seeing Alonso be played Um, Olivier Giroud is is one of the best at at link up play Um, and that's why I think Mateo Kovacic and also Jorginho are not so effective um, in do you games think, like this. Do you think and
1: Kovacic could be played at six?
0: I think it's worth a try. And, you know, I would have been all for it against an already relegated team. But maybe, I don't know, I, I guess it is an argument that it was a, such a must-win game that, you know, not not much time for taking risks. But in preseason, I'd like to see it tried, definitely. Hmm. Um, but having said that, that, that uh, attribute of being such a good middle third player is invaluable in big games against teams who will go toe to toe with us and with Man United in the FA cup on sunday with that in our thoughts i think that's a game that i would definitely start him in um i feel like if we can get a midfield three of angolo kante mateo kovacic and mason mount all fit i don't know if if kante will be fit which is unfortunate but if we did have those three then i definitely think we 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 would be able to Boss that midfield because if they're going to play both Pogba and Bruno Fernandes then I don't think they'll have enough uh kind of strength in there I know Pogba's quite strong but uh, yeah they didn't look more like more like yeah they didn't more like um kind of mental strength and decision making and uh, work ethic Mm,
1: yeah I agree I think the midfield battle will be where it's won and lost uh, on Sunday. And I'd really like to see um, Kovacic play. And also, interestingly enough, last night was the first game this season in the Premier League. Mason Mount hasn't featured in yeah, at all. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it?
0: Well, that's perhaps a glance to the weekend. He did actually get subbed off at half-time in both of our last two matches, which is uh, a little bit... Um, Unfortunately, yeah, demoralising. But you know, we we all know how much Frank Lampard loves him, so I don't think that's anything to get um, to get worried about. Mm-hmm. Um, I just wanted to to ask, who was your man of the match, Danny? Well, this is a
1: difficult one um, because it depends what you what you're looking at. Uh, for example, Chiruvu made the difference, and Pulisic also with that bit of creativity to to cross it in. But I think probably the outstanding performer would be, in my eyes, Cesar Aspilaqueta or Marcus Alonso. I thought they both offered a lot going forward. I thought they were both very strong on a few occasions that Norwich threatened, but I'd lean towards giving it to captain leader legend Cesar Aspilaqueta.
0: Fair enough. Yeah, I think Aspi would be my second choice and Alonso my third. But um, I feel like someone who's been very underappreciated and I saw people on Twitter saying he had a bad game which just doesn't make sense to me it, uh, is Willian I thought um, the way he defended and, and won won the ball back so many times after his, his teammates lost, lost it um, and he made some really vital interceptions he was up and down that right flank all game um, didn't offer as much as you would have liked in an attacking sense but then again no one else really did that much either. Yeah. So, um, I just think that the work e- work ethic that he demonstrates uh, kind of translates over to all the other players, and they see what he's doing, and that eggs them on to do to do the same. Um, and I think it, it's an an attribute that, that is uh, really great to have in in the team, especially in games like that where you can get complacent really easily, especially against a team that's already relegated. Um, so yeah, we were talking about um, the the midfield battle against United. Obviously, we got them on Sunday in the FA Cup. I wanted to ask you what you think—not um, what you think Frank Lampard will go for, but what if you were Frank Lampard? What would be your starting eleven for that game?
1: Okay. Um, well, I know in the past we've. Uh, Experimented by putting Jamie coming in, in goal <laughs> ahead of Kepa Yeah, uh, but I, I don't think it's time to make that drastic a change. Uh, Willie has been has Willie been starting in the cup this season?
0: I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Although well, no, he against Liverpool, he he came back, didn't he? After yeah, he was, he did. after he was dropped. I mean, Kepper did, um, yeah. but no. Yeah, against Leicester, Willie played.
1: Yeah, so Willie is actually when I, I did an article the other day uh, what's coming up in, in a couple of days for the Chelsea Sport about um Kepper and, and why now's the time to move on from him, whatever the financial implications. And actually one of the very few keepers in Europe with a worse save percentage than him is Willie Cavier. Fifty three percent. So I'd I'd be tempted to stick with Kepper to be honest. Um and then the the real debate is the back four for me because lampard made four uh, two changes to his back four for this game he brought in rudiger uh, and alonso and he switched aspilicueta to the right hand side
0: The left, you mean yeah
1: the left hand side sorry uh it's it's a tough one because i i really think aspilicueta is amazing but uh I also think Rhys James offers so much uh, going forward and I thought he's a real bright spark when he came off the bench. Um, So I'm going to start Rhys James at right back and I'm going to have Azpilicueta on his uh, unpreferred left-hand side Uh, and he'll be important in in controlling Mason Greenwood and nullifying his threat. And then I'm going to go for a centre-back pairing of... I'm not his biggest fan, but I'm going to put Antonio Rudiger Uh, alongside Zuma, I think zuma has been good since the restart and I think it's a lesser of two evils between Rudiger and Christensen Mm. and I think Christensen is in in poor form and and is consistently being bullied by opposing centre forwards and uh, we can't afford that in a game of this magnitude Uh, I'm going to go for a three-man midfield uh, at my base, I would love to experiment with Kovacic uh i don't think it's a time to do that so i'm banking on kante being fit he's going to be my holding midfielder and then i'm going to have mateo kovacic and mason mount uh next to him uh, i think that's a good mix of of dribbling and creativity between the pair um and then for my front three i'm again going to go with olivier Giroud as our number 9 and i think he's undroppable when he is consistently scoring, I think it's six goals in ten Premier League appearances. Tammy is not in form whatsoever. Although I think people are reacting a bit, uh, a bit too much to that. Um, and then on the flanks, I'm definitely having Pulisic on the left wing. He's been incredible. He's our difference maker. And then it's a toss up between William and hudson Odoy on the right. But I would probably. Give it to William because he's got five days to rest now uh, yeah. and he's been superb since the restart uh, on the majority of occasions. So that's my lineup. Uh, what do you think?
0: Well, I've just been kind of thinking through my head what I'm going to say while, while you were saying that. And I was tempted to go with a back three um, in order to play all three of Aspilaqueta, Alonso, and Reese James. But then I realized that that meant that I couldn't play um, all three of Pulisic, Willian and Mount. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stick with the back four. And I am going to, unfortunately, drop Marcus Alonso. Um, because, yeah, um, I just feel like we need that uh, defensive stability on the left-hand side, especially with Mason Greenwood um being uh, so two-footed, being able to shoot from any angle. Mm. Um, I feel like we need Azpilicueta as a good 1v1 defender. Greenwood's also so good at creating attacking 1v1s for himself. Um, and Azpilicueta's good at defending those. So uh, I think we, we need a more defensive uh, option there. So obviously that leaves Rhys James on the right. Kurt Zuma, and Tony Rudiger, I'm going to keep them. Although... If Tamori is fit, I mean, he was on the bench. I'd be tempted to whack to, Tamori to, to in there for Rudiger. But I actually do think Rudiger had a really um, impressive game against, against Norwich. A bit un, underappreciated. I thought he was really good in possession. Um, and made one one really good tackle as well um, on the edge of the box. So, um, yeah, I'll just stick with Tamori and... Uh, sorry, stick with Zuma and Rudiger. Um, midfield... I am going to have N'Golo Kante at the base and Mateo Kovacic and Mason Mount either side of him. Although, depending on how the game goes, I could switch that to a pivot and leave Mason Mount to kind of roam further up the pitch. Um, especially if they have su- quite a lot of the ball, he's very instrumental in our pressing. So let let him kind of have have less of uh, defensive uh, shackles on him. Um <laughs> And I am going to go with the same front three that starts against Norwich: William Pulisic and Abraham. Sorry, and Giroud. Um, I agree with you that Giroud is is undroppable when he's when he's scoring week in week out. Um, even though I don't think he had a very good game against Norwich, he did score the only goal, so you yeah. can't really look past that. Um, and yeah, I, I would like. Tammy Abraham and Karen Ladoy to play. I really want them to, but I don't. First of all, I don't think they will. Um, but secondly, the basically all three of the guys in, in that front three are quite undroppable, which is it is unfortunate, but it's also a good thing because they 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 have a good chemistry between them um, and and they're in good form. Uh, but having said that, I, I would I wouldn't be annoyed at all if if. Tammy Abraham or do Nadoi starts. I'd be quite happy actually. Um, but yeah, so so that's that. Hopefully uh, we get a good result. I'm actually quite confident uh, because yeah, uh, yeah, you're looking surprised, but no, yeah. I am I am quite confident because you know basically for the reason that it's a bit illogical, but Oli. Gunnar Solskjaer has already beat Frank Lampard three times this season. And I just don't think it will happen the fourth time. I don't think that's that's possible. Um, and I also think that this is the game that matters the most, much more than all the other three. Um, and also, we definitely didn't deserve to lose the one in, in the league when we yeah. got... We got uh, s- screwed over by a mixture of actually being rubbish and being <laughs> uh, being rubbish. Um, Do you know what
1: this is reminiscent of? Do you uh, remember the 16-17 uh, FA Cup semi-final against Spurs? The fight, Yeah, the 4-2. 4-2, uh, yeah. uh, And we were actually fighting with them for the title that yeah. season. And that kind of swung the momentum towards us. And now we're fighting Man United for top four. I think momentum is an important thing in football and this could really put us in in the driving seat for a top three spot. So I yeah. think it's a huge game.
0: It is. And uh, just something to say about that game. People forget. Eden Hazard started. On the bench. Nathan Ake. Nathan Ake started in, I think, one of his first ever games for Chelsea. Um so people forget how good a win that really was because um, mm. Spurs played a full-strength team. Um, but yeah, so hopefully hopefully we win that one. Obviously, we got Liverpool away on Wednesday, only three days after that, uh, which is quite a, a quick turnover, especially as it's away. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see how, how they perform against Arsenal tonight, won't we? Um yeah. I saw some quotes from some of the Liverpool players saying that they want a champions performance against Arsenal. Um they weren't happy with, with how they how they lost uh, so badly to Man City after being declared champions. Um so yeah, we'll see. I, I definitely think it is a winnable game. Um and we've already demonstrated this season that we can can uh give Liverpool a good game. Uh so yeah, uh we'll see. And then our last fixture of the Premier League season is Wolves on on the Sunday after that um, at home. I think if we win, if we get three points from six in those two games, that should be enough for top four. Seeing yeah. Leicester have, I think, Spurs and then Man U in the final two matches. Uh, so I think it's quite likely that Leicester will drop out and it'll be us and Man U in, in third and fourth. But you never know. it, it could Anything could happen. So... Yeah, I guess we, we just have to wait and see. We are now going to take a quick break and then after the break, we will move into the questions from our listeners that we've got on Twitter. So see you in a minute. Okay, we are back from our break and we are going to head into these questions. Uh, so the first one comes from our boss at AC Paris, uh <laughs> the, the the boss man of the Chelsea spot, um good mate as well. Um so he says Declan Rice, Kai Havertz, Nico Tagliafico and Andre Onana, you can only sign one. Who wow you think big question yeah, it's tricky big question?
1: If we only get one, it depends on our priority. So if we want to be world beaters in in a few years, I'd sign Havertz. But if we're going for a sustained title charge next year, or at least challenging uh, on multiple fronts, we cannot have Keper in goal.
0: Yeah, we we yeah. just
1: can't. It can't go on anymore. I, I'm, I'm losing th- it. I the
0: exact same. I have the exact same train of thought as you. I think Rice yeah. and Tadico are basically eliminated. I think it's between Havertz yeah. and Anana. What are you gonna say? <laughs>
1: you know what? I'm I'm actually thinking with Onana. How reliable is he? I know he's good with his feet, but how reliable is he in
0: goals? Well, first of all, I think he's only 24. I think yeah. he is quite reliable from what I haven't watched him much, but I, I follow people on Twitter who who've done a big scouting mission on him. Yeah, um, and and he seems to be very highly rated. Um. Uh. So yeah, I think. He, I, I would choose on Anna out of those four to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm the same. I, be- I love Declan Rice. I'd love us to sign him. Mm-hmm. Um, Tagliafico, I don't think is the best choice. Um, I don't. I think he's maybe a kind of ten or twenty percent upgrade on Marcus Alonso, but not much more than that. So I don't think it's worth us us buying him. I, I think there are some better options than him out there, uh, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go for Andre Onana, but yeah, I, I feel bad leaving out Kai Havertz because he is so, so good. Incredible, um, yeah. It's just about whether whether we're just signing the best player or whether we're signing the player we most need. Mm. I think in the abstract, if I wasn't thinking about um, what our squad is looking like, I would 100% say Oh go. yeah,
1: so easily, yeah. Um,
0: and I'd probably say Declan Rice as well in second over Onana. Anna, but just considering Kepper's situation, I think I think I'm going to go for the Ajax keeper. Yeah,
1: I agree with you there.
0: all right uh so so that's our answer to that we we're, we're all agreed. Um, good question though. Um, the second question for, comes from at Marty K. Raylan. Raylan asks. Is there a good enough centre-back in the academy right now who could be in the first team next season? And will Ethan Ampadu's future be at centre-back or defensive midfield? Um, I'm going to answer the second part of that first. I am very much of the opinion that Ethan Ampadu is too short to be a centre-back in the Premier League. Um, Well, especially in a two, I think in a three, that's fine, I'm happy with that but I don't think we're going to play that most games uh, so for me, the base of midfield is, is where his future lies especially for Chelsea um, or centre-back in a back three but not centre-back in a, in a two, I don't think he's he's uh, tall enough basically or physically imposing enough but I would love him uh, to be around next next season I think he's exactly the sort of leader figure that we need shouts on the pitch all the time uh, I've been lucky enough to be quite close up to the pitch at a few academy games that I've seen him in and he's one of the best leaders I've I've ever seen really um very much captain material so yeah I'd like him just I'd like to see him potentially not go on loan again next season and stay at the club um on the other part of that is there a good enough center back in the academy right now who could be in the first team next season um I think that I'd, don't know if you disagree, but for me, I would just say no. Basically, I think there are definitely sure. good enough sense of the academy who who can be in the first season, first team in in seasons to come. But I think next season is is too too, too soon. soon, even for someone like Mark Gerhe, who I'm I'm his biggest fan. I love him. I think he'll he'll definitely end up playing for Chelsea first team at some point. But um I think his loan at Swansea is, is for 18 months, so he'll be at Swansea again next season and unless anything goes wrong there, um, which I think is a good place for him and uh, they'll be challenging for promotion, hopefully. So, Yeah, yeah I think, well, I, I
1: mean, The Athletic have, have reported recently that if Declan Rice comes in as a centre-back for Chelsea, Fikai Tomori could be going on yeah, loan. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, if Tamori's going out on loan, none of the academy graduates really have have much chance there.
0: Well, so, yeah, I would just say that Dinell Simiu has been training mm. uh, with the first team since since the um, restart at, for some time. I think while well, Tamori was out injured to kind of make up numbers in training and also obviously Fang Lampard likes, likes giving youth plays an opportunity. But now all the... Um, under-18s and under-23s, they're all back in training ahead of the resumption of the academy season and the pre-season for them. Um, So the only academy player still training with the first team is Lewis Bates um, because of, you know, he might need to be called on because of the injuries to Angolo Kante, Billy Gilmore, and uh, previously Mateo Kovacic as well. Um, So, uh, yeah, he's the only player as of yesterday, who is still training with the first team, the only academy player. Um, I think Dino Simu is probably the most advanced centre-back in the academy, advanced in his development at the moment. Um, but we've got quite a few on loan. You know, Jake Clark, Salter, Trevor Chalaber, all of those guys are probably good enough to be a fourth-choice centre-back, um, I would argue for us. Um, but, yeah, it would be better for them to go on loan again. Yeah,
1: I agree with you there.
0: Cool. All right. Uh, So we are going to move on to the next question. We've got two questions from at Brighty 160 Jordan. He is uh, one of our writers on the Chelsea Sport. Uh, Great guy. He's he's been on the podcast a few times as well. Uh, The first question from him is, if you could take one player from each of the top six, so, the top six in the Premier League at the moment, Liverpool, City, Leicester, Man United, and Wolves. So, that doesn't include uh, Arsenal and Spurs. Which Lovely. And love to tough. see it. <laughs> uh, to improve Chelsea. So, we've got to think, think about it from a, a Chelsea perspective uh, and our squad at the moment, not just kind of who's the best player. Who are you picking? I love that question. I think that's a great question. Um, mm. I'll let you go first for that, Danny. Well,
1: that's a tough one because... I'm always drawn to goalkeepers.
0: Yeah, uh, I was thinking the
1: same. Uh am I my spoil for choice, uh uh I think the easiest two are Van Dijk from Liverpool and De Bruyne from City. Uh think uh, we can agree on that. I
0: think you got I would take Edison from City. Would you take if we're gonna take if we're not gonna take Allison, then yeah. I'll take Edison.
1: I'd have gone uh, Dean Henderson in goals. Oh uh,
0: yeah, because he plays for Man yeah, that's a good shot. Yeah.
1: And well, even if it's she- she- Sheffield, uh, seventh, are they? Yeah, yeah, they are, I think. So, but technically, he is a United
0: loaner. So, you I'm know gonna... what? Uh, Kevin de Bruyne is so good, you can't, not I, pick him. you can't not pick him. I would be tempted to take Benjamin Mandy. That sounds crazy, but we need a left back.
1: Wow, I'd have gone. So many other <laughs> well, yeah, I'm a fan of his or maybe Raheem
0: Sterling or yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, you probably just can't look past De Bruyne, can you? I mean yeah. if we're gonna sign Havertz, then may as well get the like a similar player.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I I'd definitely go De Bruyne, uh Van Dyke. I'm gonna cheat a little bit and go Dean Henderson from United, from Wolves. It's a tough one. Uh you'd naturally, you'd probably go for one of Troy or Ray and Jimenez or maybe one of their centre-backs.
0: Mm, uh, I'm a big fan of Willy bolly yeah. Willy actually. Bolle, yeah. Um, but I, I love like. Ruben Neves. I really like him. Or, actually, is it mad to take Leander Dendonca? I really like him. It's out he, there. He can play, he's the, he's the kind of... Um, Profile that we need similar to Zeclan Rice, and that he's a, he's a big guy who can play uh, in midfield or in centre back. I'm a big fan of his. Um, yeah, or even, well, actually, we've already got enough young wingers. So I was going to suggest Penny, though, yeah. so, but no. Yeah. I think I'm going to go Connor
1: Cody because he's a good Oh, defender. really? And he's I a leader. He's
0: a leader. See, I think. He's really good. He's a really good footballer, and he's amazing at passing. But I don't think he's that much of a good defender. I know he used to be a midfielder, uh, mm. used to be a centre mid. So, and I think he the fact that he plays in the back three kind of masks his his yeah. uh, poor defensive ability. Really, Um and he's not the tallest either. So, yeah, I'm not his biggest fan. Well,
1: fair point. Um, and then if we move on to Leicester. It's a again. It's a tough one because you've got so many quality players. Uh But I'd probably be looking at Wilfred and Didi to play oh, yeah. an in midfield. Yeah, I don't know. All right,
0: okay. I think yeah, Wilfred and Didi for me as well. Um I'm gonna just go through them quick fire. Liverpool definitely Virgil van Dijk. So that's already a centre back. We got it. Yeah. We got to keep this in mind. Man City. I think I'm. I'm gonna agree with you. Can't really look past Kevin De Bruyne. Or acted by Raheem Sterling as well, just because I love him. Um, I'll come back to that. Um, Leicester, Wilfred and Didi definitely. Um, I think the only other player I would make a case for from Leicester is Ricardo Pereira. But oh, we yeah. already have, we already have Reece James, so we don't need him. Um, Man United, Dean Henderson, yeah, that's a keeper. And Wolves. So we've already got a centre back, an attacking midfielder, a defensive midfielder, and a keeper we don't have a left back so i'm gonna take johnny
1: yeah yeah a solid
0: choice yeah all right cool i like that question jordan thank you um we've got another question from jordan actually um he says if kai havertz does sign for us then how does our front four set up with all the options of Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, Christian Pulisic, Olivier Giroud, Tammy Abraham, and obviously Kai Havertz, um, I I'm not going to go super in depth to this because we're actually going to do a whole podcast episode, a Kai Havertz special, um, once the the rumours start picking up a bit more. Once it looks like uh, more more in- increasingly likely that we are actually going to sign him, because we we can't be sure yet. Um, but I I'll just say. Um, for me, I would play a four-four-two with Havertz as kind of a, a withdrawn striker, and then we can have him, uh, him, Tammy, and Werner kind of rotating in in those three slots. Uh, he can also play wide in a four-four-two, um, uh, rotating with Pulisic, Ziek on the right, Hudson Odoi. Um, it's just loads of attacking options, really. And I have a, I, I in smaller games, in teams in the bottom ten of the Premier, I would definitely be fine with playing Havertz in in the midfield too.
1: Yeah, uh, it's interesting because the number of combinations it throws up are uh, a vast. Um, I've not been convinced by Tommy Abraham since he started picking up injuries around January time. Since he scored that last minute,
0: can I just tell so, you? Yeah, since since the restart. He has one point five three non penalty xG per ninety.
1: Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I, Which I is just, in the
0: top five of the Premier League.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he definitely has his attributes, and I would definitely would not sell him for sure. It's just, do I think I have it as a false nine would work, or even just as a number nine ahead of timing. Yeah. I think that's probably what I'd go for because mm. he's a similar like he's he's a similar, similar stature to Tammy they're both tall and good in yeah. but he's so much more creative than Tammy
0: but even if you want to argue that like to be fair i've said 442 with a uh, kind of tammy and verner in mind but if he's yeah. going to be a withdrawn nine it may as well just be a kind of 4231 with him as a ten it's basically the same thing yeah but
1: i i feel like Ziyech and and uh, verner on, on the right and left respectively oh you want
0: Werner on the left okay. yeah
1: I want Werner on the left and, and Havertz as a false nine linking them, I think that works so well
0: so you Is want a, a front three of, of Werner, Havertz and Ziyech yeah oh. <laughs> I yeah let, but then then you've got no Pulisic, no Abraham no Hudson-Odoi oh, um, yeah you make a point about Pulisic yeah. Pulisic has, has to play well, no, but you know what? It's a long season. There, there are minutes for. Yeah, him, But I don't
1: want that to go out as I don't rate. But I think Pulisic is so good. I yeah. think he is so so good. So he has to play. That's my bad.
0: No, it's fine. There, there are injuries. There are suspensions. You know, that people play different players will go in, in different runs of good form and bad form. Mm. So yeah, there's there's definitely space to get them all in. I think my real answer: How does our front four set up with them? is there is no one answer. I'm sure we will chop and change in throughout the season between uh 4 2 three, even three four three. Um I could see that working. I love the idea of having Verna on the left side in a three four three with Alonso because it means, you know, Verna will, will push more inside, get close to the strike and that gives Alonso licence to do whatever he wants in the final third. <laughs> so I, I love the idea of that. Um but, yeah, I, the real answer is, first of all, no one knows. <laughs> Secondly, I don't think there is a real answer. And thirdly, uh, keep an eye peeled for our big podcast Kai Hover special that we'll be doing uh, at some point in the future. So the last question uh, we've got is from at CFC Conarch. Um Good mate. He has asked, thoughts on whether we should be going all in for Saeed Ben Rama? Mm. Well, first of all, Saeed Benrahma is one of my favourite players. I watch the championship loads. I'm a big fan of the league. Especially this season, I've been watching Brentford a lot because they're just such a fun team. I love their front three, BMW, um, uh, Benrahma, Mbiumo Watkins. um, And then they've got lots of great players elsewhere as well. I love Josh De Silva. But, yeah, uh, Saeed Benrahma... My answer would really be that based off what we've just been chatting about with all those other attackers that we have, I would say no, Um, especially uh, as Olivier Giroud is staying on, um, Willian could still stay. um, And I would just be concerned that our younger players, obviously you know, Havertz and, and Werner are still young as well, but in Pulisic and Hudson odoi I'd be concerned that they wouldn't play enough. Um and you know, I think they both have significant potential. So yeah, yeah I think it'd I be a good no, And also I don't think Ben Rama would get enough game time either for his development. I think he can be such a good player. I think he should go to somewhere where he where he will be a nailed on starter. We saw Jared, Jared Bowen make make the leap from from. I think he was he was the championship uh, top scorer at, at the time of moving from Hull to West Ham in January, which is insane considering how bad Hull are. Um, and he's basically a nailed-on starter at West Ham now. We, we've seen his quality, so you know that that shows that the leap is is definitely um, achievable. You know, he he may not even move if Brentford do. To go up, there's quite a strong chance of Benley getting promoted. Um, so I think if they go up, I don't think we'll see him move, um, but if they don't, then you know the playoffs are just a lottery, really, so if they don't go up, then I think um, he should move to somewhere perhaps like everton or or yeah, that's um, good show yeah uh, where, where, he'll, where he'll be nailed on starter
1: yeah I agree with you. I think he is a brilliant player from what I've seen, and I think it's just overkill, even if we let William go. I think we have so many options and yeah it, uh, i I don't think it'd be in either party's best interest
0: yep yeah, I think that that's a good way of phrasing it. It wouldn't be in in either party's best interest. completely agree um we got our last question from Another one of our, our brilliant writers, he's also been on the pod a few times, Amaya at Lampard's Legacy. Love that. Oh, love like. that. At Lampard's Legacy. That's brilliant. Um, and he asks, he says, be, be brutally honest. How many players that started the game against Norwich deserve to play for Chelsea next season? I love that question.
1: <laughs> be big. brutally
0: honest. Okay, Danny. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go through the, the starting eleven. And I'm gonna ask you to be brutally honest. I will, don't you worry. <laughs> so Kepa Ariza. Out, out. <laughs> Marcus Alonso.
1: Good option to have on the bench.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely keeping him. I think he is one of the best left wing backs in the world. Not maybe not in the head. That back four, but yeah, definitely. Uh keep him around. Kurt Zuma.
1: I'd definitely keep.
0: Yeah. I since the restart I I, I was not so sure on him prior to the restart, um, but since the restart, I think he's shown that, well, maybe not over Tomori because he hasn't played, but over Christensen and Rudiger, he is, he is quite quite a lot better than those two. Um, yeah. And also, it, it goes to show in that Rudiger and Zuma and Tomori and Zuma are two most successful centre-back partnerships this season, and obviously Zuma's in both of those. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, definitely keep him around, although it has been reported that if a centre-back does leave, then he's yeah. the most important um, But I think that may have been changed um, in the light of his, his great performances since the restart. Uh, Antonio Rudiger? Leave. Really? He's got to go. I
1: don't rate him at all. I think the assist for Sheffield United third just, yeah. just emphasised that. I, I respect him and I think he's done brilliant work getting Werner and, and potentially even Havertz through the door, but I just think he is such a liability. Like even with his distribution, he is spanking that ball to Mark at about a hundred miles per hour. Like he just can't. He, he just Alonso's first touch is
0: brilliant, though. It is,
1: but his his feet would be stinging after playing with, playing with Rüdiger. I think he's he's poor in the air, despite being physically strong and and quite tall. I think he's got so many mistakes in him. And I think many of his long balls just sail out. I, I don't see why commentators rate him. I think he's awful.
0: Fair enough. Scathing criticism there from, he said be from Danny. The, yeah, he did say be brutally honest. I'm going to equally be brutally honest and say I'm not his biggest fan, but I still think he, he's definitely a good player. Um, I wouldn't have him starting every game. I definitely wouldn't have him starting any game, but he's a good squad option. And yeah. if he's okay with that, then I'd definitely keep him around. Next one, Cesares Azpilicueta. I don't think... They, they no Brilliant man. A brilliant I think, man. I think he has... We already discussed this on a previous podcast, but I think he has a sly shout at being our player of the season. I think he's been so consistent. Uh, really good displays, both um, offensively and defensively. Uh, can play. He's played basically three positions throughout the season. Yeah. Um
1: yeah, and he de- he deserves some credit. He's so often just described as a consistent seven out of ten, but I'd I'd say that's his base. And can and you I, say
0: that about any other player though? No,
1: yeah. but I, I mean, not only is he consistently seven out of ten, but he has often performed well above that. Yeah, and yeah. Some of his assists have been brilliant. Like people talk about Ben Chilwell coming in. Cesar Azpilicueta offers so much more going forward
0: and going I don't, backwards as well. I would argue that on the left side, he definitely... Oh, yeah, on the, on the
1: left side, yeah. yeah. But given one's a 30-year-old fullback and the yeah, other's an £80 million rated 23-year-old. Yeah, so, fair enough. So I just think he is absolutely brilliant and I, I would have no qualms with him. And being... especially
0: with a, a 20-year-old fantastic... Uh, Young right back with huge potential coming in. Who better to have than Aspilaqueta kind of yeah. being his guide? Like that's just perfect for Rhys for James. Uh, next player, Mateo Kovacic.
1: Definitely keep. I'm a huge fan. Uh, we said Aspilaqueta has a shout at player of the season, and I know you don't agree, but I think Kovacic will be right. No, I do uh, think
0: he has a shout, I just don't think he'd be my fine. Yeah,
1: he's not your number one pick, whereas I think for the vast majority of the fan base, he probably would be. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's just really come into his own this season. He is the elite European central midfield dribbler. He is a number one and he offers a, a lot going forwards as well as going backwards. Although I definitely think uh, he needs to work on his goal output. Uh, I think he, mm. working with the greatest midfield goal scorer of all time will, will definitely help that.
0: Yeah. And I, definitely have faith that he he will be able to do that. Um, we saw it in flashes a few games this season, not consistently enough, but that's okay. Um, and as I said earlier, he's one of the best final third players in the world, so in big games, that's always good to have. Uh, next one, uh, you know what's coming, number five, Jorge <laughs> Frelio, <laughs> Filio, Jorginho. <laughs> uh,
1: definitely, leave. I, I, yeah. You know what, I actually really like the guy. I think he shows so much passion and and he's a vice captain I really like him. I just don't rate him as a footballer. Fair enough. I don't think <laughs> there's anything wrong with that. I think he's a very intelligent man. I think he suits Seriato a t- because it's slower paced and he, he can like sit back and, it's and not be their register. Yeah. He's like
0: look at his legs. They're so <laughs> Yeah, I don't get how he's a footballer yeah. But no, I, I think sometimes I am slightly too scathing of him. Yeah. But my honest opinion, you know, we've been told to be brutally honest. I don't think he's a very good footballer. Um, uh, yeah, that's it really. Um, and uh, to be, I actually said that after the defeat at Sheffield United, I don't like to be reactionary, but I said I didn't say I don't want Jorginho to play another minute of football for Chelsea Football <laughs> Club. I said I don't think he will. So I was at, I was really surprised to see him start I me mean, Norwich, but then I realised that you know it's against a re- an already relegated team and Mason Mount needs rest and so does Ross Barkley. So, um, for me, it's just, you know, you play him against a, a rubbish team, make him seem all right and then yeah. hopefully someone buys him in the summer.
1: But can I just say before we move on that uh, I, I think it's admirable that he stuck around after that first year uh, being booed yeah. and and rubbished. Uh, and, yeah, and really yeah. Put in, you can't fault his effort. I mean, I I would really like him to succeed. It just, going forward with Lampard's system of it, a holding midfielder and two more advanced eights, it just doesn't look like he's going to fit in, but I wish him all the best wherever he goes.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. I think, yeah, he, he's got a good mentality to come back from the booing. And he, he said so many times, he doesn't want to be seen as Sarri's player. He wants to be seen as a Chelsea player. And I think he, he did get that. Um, so fair play to him in that. I just don't think he's good enough for this level at all next player um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek I've seen some really in my opinion undeserving criticism of him on Twitter he's just been out for 13 months Frank Lampard has said he won't be at his best until next season which I think is definitely a fair assessment Um, he wasn't um, good particularly against Norwich but I didn't think he was bad he didn't do anything he didn't do anything bad. He, he just wasn't um, exactly inspiring. Um, but, yeah, I don't think... He, he was one of our best players last season, wasn't he? Until, until yeah. Injury, so, yeah. Yeah, there's no
1: debate needed, really. And I didn't even think he was bad, as you said. Some of his turns and, uh, and you know, when he, he was just getting round plays... He geez. showed a
0: few flashes, yeah. Yeah,
1: and also that assist for Tommy the other weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, that's brilliant. Excellent. Yeah. And I just think he offers something that none of our other midfielders do in that. Barkley would so shot physically no, and yeah, yeah. as
0: well, probably.
1: Yeah, he's like if you look at him, he is an athlete and with, yeah. he's so technically gifted. Uh,
0: and he can just drive with the, the antithesis ball. of Jorginho. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, we're in agreement on that one. I think have we been in agreement on, on all of them so far? Except That's for Rudiger. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Next one is oh we're going to be in disagreement on this one number ten Willian.
1: Yeah, so uh, you're a, a fan. Uh, I don't know how many years you'd give him on his contract, but I, I think I would
0: only sure. give him one. So with him uh, not going to happen. So yeah, um, I would be okay with two as well. I wouldn't. I wouldn't kind of propose that we should sign him on a two-year contract. But if he did sign a two-year contract, I wouldn't be annoyed.
1: You know what? It's it feels weird saying this, but his Im- massively improved levels of performance since coming back have almost been like it- out of spite for Chelsea, not offering him a contract. <laughs> like I almost feel like he's saying, this is what you could have had.
0: <sighs> now yeah. I'm going
1: to go to Arsenal. Now I'm going to go to Spurs. I just think c- consistently week to week, everyone can see how much talent he has and he can't fault his work rate. However much I, I just, dis- well, I don't dislike the man, but I, I don't rate him. I think his work rate is second to none. I just find him so frustrating, especially his, his corners and his set pieces.
0: Fair enough. I just think if if he's uh, happy with being a kind of fourth choice winger, then he is one of the best fourth choice wingers oh, you can ever have. Um, yeah. In in the fact that he never gets injured or he very rarely gets injured, he's a really experienced player. He's got techers. He's he's good against small teams. Um, you know when you want to play him in cup games and stuff. He's a great role model to younger players. Um, so yeah, I think and a great guy to to have around. And he also hates Tottenham, so that, so that's <laughs> a good bonus. Yeah. Uh, on the other on the other wing, last night was Christian Pulisic. We don't need to yeah, say anything. no debate. Yeah. yeah. Stick stick around and Olivier Giroud. Uh, well, we've already had our decision made for we for us, haven't we? In yes, we have. Contract. Um, but yeah, I would say he's he's in the fact that how of how professional he is. What a, what a great professional he is. He is one of the best kind of whether it's second or third choice strikers you can really have. Um, yeah, I
1: think other clubs are literally on their knees begging for a player like Olivier. Yeah, you.
0: I think he's been very underrated over the years. Actually, for
1: sure, he's a World Cup winner. Yeah, I mean. Every time he starts, he scores since a restart. He is superb, and I think that mentality uh, and experience is only something incredibly positive to have at your club when you've got so many youngsters coming through. I think he's brilliant, and uh, I know he'll be thirty-four, turning thirty-five when his contract runs down. But what a player he's been for the for the past couple of years.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. Um... And he doesn't really show that many signs of aging, actually. Um, although you know he's never been the fastest, he's yeah. still very sharp um, in terms of getting shots away quickly and with his link-up play and stuff. So, so that's good to see. We're going to quickly whiz through the bench um, and then we wrap up. Uh, so, first player on there, Fikayo Tomori. Um, yeah, de- definitely keep him. Uh, I was really surprised, to be honest, at, at the idea of him going on loan. Although it wouldn't be the worst thing I thought he was one of our best players kind of uh before the turn of the year this season um so yeah I, I I'd really like him to I'd really like to see him kind of cement a starting place in our lineup next year because I love him and uh, I think he's a really good player Reese James same goes for him really mm-hmm. definitely
1: yeah uh he didn't look great uh following the restart but Have full confidence, so he'll get back to his very high uh, usual level suit very soon.
0: Next one, Callum Hudson Odoi. Everyone knows I'm his biggest fan. I've seen people on Twitter saying he needs a loan, and I say to them, "You are waffling. That is rubbish." Um, I I have no, no, um, no worries about Lampard's faith in him or anything. I think the the reason that he hasn't played since the restart is because our two wingers have been our two best players. Mm-hmm. those are the facts. uh it's unfortunate for for cal but that's the way it is. um and i'm sure one of them will get injured or have a drop of form or get tired at some point and he'll get his chance and he'll he'll show the he's show frank lampard and show the fans why why he's rated so highly. um yeah i i, I think definitely keep him around. i, I think he's out of everyone, all the amazing attacking uh, quality that we'll have at the club next season, I actually think he will have the highest potential out of all of them. And that when all is said said and done, I think he will have been, will have had the best career. Yeah,
1: I think we want to see him put his name into that Greenwood, Foden bracket with all the other youngsters. Yeah,
0: I have no doubt that he will, to be honest. Yeah,
1: so I really want to see him kick on. And I thought he looked, very good when he came on last night, so I want to see him play before the end of the season. And I think he's going to excel next year, on whether that be on the left or the right.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it matters really. He'll show his talent. Next one, Mason Mount. For me, our player of the season. Um, I won't go into why because I've already said that on other podcasts, but yeah, I love him, definitely keep him around.
1: Yeah, he's he's Lampard's key player. He's he's Basically, uh, everything we do revolves around him. I think he's, he's crucial to the press. He's crucial to our build-up. And he's such a likeable character. Definitely, definitely
0: yeah. keep. Uh, next one, uh, our number two goalie, Willy Caballero. I think you've done the research, so you're a better place to, to to stay on this one. Yeah, so
1: the only reason I would keep him is that... I. It's a difficult financial market at the time.
0: Especially to bring in, if we're going to bring in a replacement for Kappa, to bring in two keepers.
1: Yeah, that would be that would be difficult. And and he seems to have a, a positive influence on in the changing room, uh, and he's a very experienced man. So as long as he's not, as long as he's not playing, however bad that sounds. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: No, um, <laughs> he's like a Rob Green, isn't he? He's a good third choice, but hopefully I would
0: we're not... rather have. Like, Well, actually, I was about to say I'd rather have Nathan Baxter come in and be second choice, but actually I, I wouldn't because alone, where he's playing every week, is so much better.
1: Definitely. His
0: development as a young keeper. Um, so, yeah, I think that's why we don't see many young second choice keepers. They all tend to be veterans. Um, so, yeah, I'm all right with, with Willie staying, even though he's not the best second choice.
1: Yeah, agreed.
0: Um, number 11, Pedro uh, he's he's gone, isn't he's he? Off, he's isn't he? off, he's he? off yeah. the Roma, um, and I wouldn't keep him around anyway. I actually back him to do quite well at Roma, um, but I think he, he he's kind of not really got the legs for the Premier League anymore, for the pace yeah. of it, and increasingly the pace of the Premier League is is getting even more. Um, and you know we see we saw we see people talk about pace and power and stuff. Um, we're entering a pace and power era. Uh, I think that's that's probably accurate. Um, and, yeah, I think Pedro, I love him. I think he's been a brilliant player for Chelsea. I, I don't think I've ever seen a more two-footed player. Um, maybe Mason Greenwood, but, yeah. Um, he's well up there.
1: And that sixteen seventeen campaign will never be forgotten. He was yeah. excellent that year.
0: Um. Only three to go. Uh, let's just wrap it up quickly. We've got Tammy Abraham. Definitely keep him top scorer. I, I see people all the time slandering up on Twitter. I'm sorry. Have a look at our goal scoring shots. And you will Tammy Abraham way ahead of anyone else on our team. Um, and there's a reason why. Because he's a very good player. Um, and he's also only 22. And it's also his, only first, his first season with Chelsea. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, nothing really to add to that. Uh, Definitely keep, even if uh, is coming and he needs to sign that new contract soon.
0: No, but we did see, actually, reported by Matt Law of The Telegraph, a reliable guy, um, that recently his contract has been extended by one year due to reaching a clause of a certain number of, of games played or goals scored. I think... It was probably either 40 appearances or 15 goals, both of which he reached recently, um, or maybe both. But, yeah, so that means his contract runs until the summer of 2023. But, yeah, even still, his future's not secure, so I'd like to see him sign a new deal, hopefully. But I think he'll probably kind of hold off that until he sees what his kind of role in the team is next season with the additions of, obviously, Werner and Zieck and all of those. Um, Ross Barkley. This is this is one that divides opinions. I wrote yeah. an article a few uh, about a month ago on, on the Chelsea spot on him. We're both big fans, aren't we? Yeah, I really like him. I think he's a perfect player to kind of not play in the biggest games, but easily eat two thousand or so minutes. Um, you know, he 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 can he can play play every few games play in the smaller games, in games against, like this, against Norwich, where we've only scored one goal, um, or uh, like we saw against Watford, I would play him over any kind of defensive midfield. You just need attacking at number eights who are going to break lines. We see how Manchester City do that all the time. Arsenal used to do that as well. Um, so... Yeah, definitely, definitely keep Sparkly.
1: He's a risk taker, and we need we need players like him. Need yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, so definitely keep him.
0: Not in the big games, but in in against smaller teams. But oh, the thing is, the games against smaller teams often tend to be big games, just because you need the three points, and yeah, especially this season, I would say that we have slipped up against smaller teams more than we've slipped up against bigger teams. We've lost more points against probably. Bottom t- ten teams, yeah. then top ten teams, which sounds good. Yeah. Cool. um And the last one, this is one I'm not really sure on. Andreas Christensen
1: Yeah. So you said you'd keep Rudiger, so I guess
0: I think if we had to sell one centre back, he would be the one probably. Which is unfortunate because I do like him, um, but I just, especially as people were saying, we're entering. Like I said, we're entering a kind of pace and power area. I think he'd be a fantastic player in Spain, Italy, but I just don't think he's really cut out for the Prem. He's really good. I've, I said this on the last podcast. He's really good against strikers who are smaller than him. But as soon as you get someone stronger and bigger than him, he, 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 they have a field day against him, really. He
1: gets bullied, doesn't he? He's got a lack of physicality. Um, and although he's a supreme ball player, like, I love how he carries it out from, from the back. I just don't. I don't rate him at this level. But he
0: was really good at man, against Man City, which kind of was, my yeah. point when they, they played Gabriel Jesus. Smaller
1: strikers, yeah. Um, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't sell him. I'd definitely sell Rudiger first, uh, and I'd keep him for games where maybe we're going to dominate possession. And like like last night, I think he would have played quite well because.
0: No, but no. I thought Rudiger was was good in the balls that he played last night.
1: I thought he. I thought he was good last night. I've seen performances where Fair he's
0: just drilled the ball over to no
1: one so many yeah, times. Yeah,
0: I think, um, what was it? Was it West Ham at home yeah, around December horrendous. time or November? I was at that game. I think it was him and Zuma, if I'm not mistaken. They were very poor. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Um, I think, what are we going to say on him? You're going to say... He- Keep. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say keep unless we have the chance to bring in someone better. Um, and if we do, he would probably be the first centre back. Unfortunately, that I would sell. So that um, wraps it up. Really. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for joining me, Danny.
1: Yeah. Happy to look coming
0: on. Yeah. Great. Um, thank you very much. Um, obviously, um, as I said at the beginning, you can find us on all our social media platforms. Uh, go follow our Twitter and Instagram if you're not already. Have a look at our website for some brilliant articles from from Danny and others. Um, this podcast is available on Spotify, Deezer, Apple, Google, whatever you name it. Um, and it would be brilliant if you could, uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave a five star review because that really helps us uh, uh, grow and reach bigger audiences. So that would be brilliant if you could do that. So thank you very much uh, for listening, and we will see you next time.